Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate uh, spending some of the morning here with us. Busy program today. A lot of sports going on. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start in about 15 minutes with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Boy, wrote a good piece. Oh, it was probably a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, kind of a day in the life, if you will. Brooks Kepka uh, joined him at his home and did a lengthy interview with, uh, with Kepka. Uh, maybe some of the... Oh, some of the uh, quotes that have you've seen regarding Kepka and his eh, this is different. This Ryder Cup, I'm not used to it. I don't like get into this. It's a team sport. Well, there was some backlash from it. Uh, we will catch up with Matt Rudy, who wrote the piece and was there when Kepka uh, actually gave that quote. Uh, Ten fifteen, Matt Rudy. Stephen M. Sippel is here at the bottom of the hour. Lincoln Journal Star, uh, the Big Ten, uh, ready or not. Here we go this weekend for Nebraska. Well, back into the Big Ten, Nebraska and Michigan State. Boy, it feels like a big game for the Huskers if they want to get the postseason. Uh, this one, I looking at the schedule, I feel like they have to get this one. Sip at 10.30. Lee Sterling is here. He'll be here at about 10.50 with a handful of games, ParamountSports.com. Kick off our number two with our friend Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register. We will uh, hear from Petey, recap Vegas, recap the first, oh, the non-conference portion of the season and look headlong uh, into the Big 12 with Petey at 11.05 and then Bill Bender uh, we'll join Trent and I. We'll go around college football. I guess nationally the big news is that the college football playoff, well, it still seems like it's on track. Maybe not going to happen as far as a decision as quickly as some, me, you, would like mm-hmm. uh, to know how this thing's going to all shake out. Oh, by the way, if you would like to win tickets uh, to see Iowa host Colorado State this weekend, go to the Miller & Condon Twitter account. It's a very simple contest. We have two tickets to give away, and we'll use tonight's Thursday night football, uh, Texans hosting the Panthers. It's total points, both teams closest without going over. And here's how we're going to break the tie. If there's one of you that comes in now and has, what, pick a number, 38. Mm-hmm. And that's the winning number. And, and But later on, a couple hours later, somebody else picks 38. Well, don't do that because 38's been taken. So I guess scroll through the timeline at Miller & Condon, find your number, claim your number, closest without going over. Of course, if you hit the number bang on, you'll win a couple of tickets uh, to see Colorado State. Uh, Fuller Dental, uh, fullerdental.net, couple of locations, uh, one on the east side, east 29th, and in Altoona. And the good news is, we have tickets for every home game coming up. That's right. Yeah, so the Penn State game, mm-hmm. those will be popular, I'm assuming. That they are. I was uh, looking for tickets as my wife's going to be able to come over with me. They're not exactly cheap. Really? Yeah, they're up uh, upwards. Get in price, about 180 Get Really? Pair, get in a pair, pushing 200 and that's to wow. sit up in the corner. So I very difficult ticket if you're uh, looking to save some money. Yeah. Luckily, though, uh, my buddy Jace, who I do the yep, Degenerate Hawkeyes with, yeah. podcast with, uh, his law firm 
had some extra tickets. Nice. So we gobbled them up, and uh, we'll be just a section over from my normal section, section 108 for Iowa Penn State. Wow, good. So I 11 a.m. kick. I think, yeah. Mm. Um, these are in 306, I want to say. The new side yes, of the stadium? Yes, and, Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I wanted to sit there. I, it looks just so cool. So that area, the yep. north end zone. Yep. My uncle, who had season tickets, who I used to go to games with as a youngster, he had seats up there, him and his brother and a couple other people, and they had the top row up in the corner. And the reason they had the top row up there, even for decades of having tickets, is they just love being able to stand. Oh, sure. So they could stand yeah. there where the wall is, and he could watch the game, and they could get up, and they move around a little bit more. So they loved those seats, and that was my first Kinnick experience. I'd like to experience it again in the same location mm-hmm. and just in the new end zone sometime because it looks incredible well there is a a caveat to this and i can already tell ryan carroll if you're listening you're disqualified because you did not use the hashtag fuller dental gotta use the hashtag you have to use the hashtag it's right there in the rules ryan carroll um if you're listening you want to redo that because the rules are the rules and commissioner condon i don't have to remind you no monkey business with condon that's right you're not going to pull a fast one on a TC over there. I was a teacher, remember? Very That's strict. That's true. Yes. Oh, I can imagine. You, I can just imagine. All right, Trent. I can't imagine the Cardinals ever losing another baseball game. <laughs> well, what is up with this? I don't get it. I don't get how an offense that was inept for long periods of time, pushing the right buttons, getting the right guys. Tyler O'Neill has been really, really good for them, and just on and on and on. Timely hitting. Great pitching. We talked about Wainwright, but it's not just him. He goes today. That bullpen that was much maligned through mm-hmm. much of the season, Reyes was just so inconsistent. I think ultimately Reyes is going to be a closer. I think, I think so. He'll get back to it, but Gallegos has been incredible. Yeah, he has. He's been really, really good. Uh-huh. He's really been good all throughout the season. I just don't think they knew if he was going mm. to be a closer. They figured that out. Is it a team that in a one-game scenario? I, absolutely. It's baseball. They can beat anybody sure. in one game. But then looking forward, you know, series against either the Giants or Dodgers, uh-huh. I give them a real fighting chance. It's amazing, Trent. <laughs> this team is the way they're playing. Look, it wasn't, I don't know, three weeks ago that Cardinal Nation was clamoring for Schilt's head. Oh, absolutely. This is the this guy's inept. He doesn't know what he's doing. The lineups can't figure out his closer. Dot dot dot. But man, are they they won thirteen out of fourteen for crying out loud, including eleven in a row, and they have they embarrassed the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday, jumped on them early. They'll finish up a series with them and then four in Chicago this weekend, a double dip tomorrow, day night uh, doubleheader at Wrigley Field before they see the Brewers again and then finish with the Cubs. So they're four and a half games up on the Cincinnati Reds and the Phillies. Also and and the Phillies, but with eleven games left, Trent. I mean, they almost have to lose out at this point. <laughs> right? They've got that four and a half game cushion. You know that the Phillies are going to drop one. You know mm-hmm. that the Reds are going to drop a couple. It seems like they're headed. Reds yes. and Phillies both have nine games remaining. The Cardinals have ten games remaining. So say ten or eleven. Eleven 10. after today. They're eighty-two and sixty-nine. Okay. That's 151. Six, yeah, so they've got oh, 11, 11 yes. games yeah, You're right. Jeez. Oh, Way off. Mr. Teacher. Uh, terrible. Terrible. Good it's been a while. out of that. It's been a while. Ooh, rough. Bunch of kids running around West Des Moines. They can't add. So the Phillies or the Reds, one of those two in their remaining 10, go 8-2. and two. Yeah. That gets them to 86. That means the Cardinals to win just have to win five. Right. It's not a real daunting task uh, It's here. not. It's not. The Cardinals are going to the postseason. Good for them. What a story. What a story this last couple of months. 
the run that they have gotten on, in particular the month of September when the schedule got daunting, that elevated their play. Uh, speaking of their play, Big 12 play is ready. I have not seen Baylor with the exception of standing in a book on Saturday afternoon <laughs> and watching a small TV that had uh, Kansas <laughs> hosting, hosting Baylor. I saw the score uh, after, at halftime. It was close. It was 14-7 to mm-hmm. before Baylor reeled off 31 consecutive points. So I don't feel like I'm prepared for this Baylor, um, this Baylor game this weekend as far as having a strong opinion on what the Bears are going to field. I mean, they've beaten Kansas and two, two hyphenated teams from Texas. Hard to read a whole lot right? about this team. I know there were people that liked Baylor coming into the year. Get back to a bowl game. You know, be six and six. Right, I could have seen, yeah. Something like that where they're going to be improved. Year number two, Aranda takes mm-hmm. over. The defense is going to be better. You anticipate you that. Yep. They're running the football at an incredibly high level. Bohannon, their quarterback, mm-hmm. who there's a, a reason that kid. Corey Brewer is at Utah. No, he's not. He, he transferred this week. Well, it's, <laughs> right. but the reason is because of him. Right. He, he knew that the there was not place. a job. Yeah, that, that there's not a job for him. Completing 73% was Brewer, of his Was Brewer at um, Utah longer than the Gazette beat writer was covering Iowa? It's nip and tuck, It's right? close, yeah. right? Right down oh to the God. wire for that one. Yeah. There's a reason. Because this dude, like you said, he's big, he's physical, yeah. and they can run the football really, really well. Again, who have they played? Nobody. Right. For all intents and purposes, there's nobody there. But Sneed... He's run for 280 yards. Sneed seems like he's been there forever. Or he's caught 14 balls. The running game was Smith, Ebner, both guys over 300 yards this mm-hmm. year. McWilliams has gone for 150. They've run the ball. They're eighth in the country right now in rushing offense. That's where you start right there. Yeah. Now, is that a recipe against Iowa State? Not exactly. I don't think so. Because in terms of total defense, Iowa State is the best in yeah. the country right now. Texas State and Texas Southern, I'm guessing, probably won't uh, register up to what Iowa State's defense is going to bring. Do you buy anything into the back-to-back road games? For the clones, the, the travel, I guess. I don't know. No. I don't think, because they let, didn't Iowa State leave? Did they leave on Thursday or Friday last I don't week? Know. I don't remember. I thought that I saw some tweet, some Twitter that Cyclone fans were, were, were pumped because Pollard was springing for another night of hotel rooms. Oh, really? Rooms. I don't know if it's true or not. Which you never see in no, the regular uh-uh. season you of, leave, Yeah, football. you leave on Friday. Right. Um... And they got back at 5 o'clock in the morning. I think I saw Matt Schultz, who's one of their SIDs up there. He tweeted a picture of the sun coming up as the buses rolled back into Ames on Sunday morning. So, probably not. I mean, ideally, you would want the game at home, but I right. don't think... It's not like you're going to Norman. Right. Right? Or to, uh, to take on the Longhorns. You're not going to Austin. It's... I don't know. I, I think there's a reason Iowa State is favored. Although, we talked to uh, Troy Macker from Bet Rivers yesterday uh, on our uh, Mediacom show, Inside the Numbers, there's four or five times starting today, right? Um, and didn't he say that, that all the early money is coming in on Baylor? Yeah, they can't get a bet on Iowa State. He said it's been high volume, one of the highest volume games of the weekend. At Bet Rivers. They're sixth most wagered on nationally, not just Iowa, nationally game in college football this weekend is Baylor-Iowa State, coupled with, said well over 80% of both the money and the bets have come in on Baylor. Can't can't get Iowa State money coming in on that one. What's behind that? I mean, again, they've beaten Texas State and Texas Southern in Kansas. I think it's more of an Iowa State thing with what we saw the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. People scared off a little bit. I get it, and uh, everybody in the country knows about Iowa's defense. Mm -hmm. 
FCS schools and people that cover FCS are going to know about UNI's defense before long because they're legit. Yes. They're legit. Well, look, it's the the slate starts anew. They did not check every box that they wanted to in the non-conference portion of the season. They wanted to get to this game unbeaten. They're not. But everything's still there for them, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is still there for them. If this team is a legitimate team like everybody thought uh, going into the season, now, now, now you're going to be put to the test because ready or not, here comes the Big 12. No look-ahead spot here. you got Kansas on deck next, right, so right. no worries about that. Very easy to get everybody mm-hmm. in tune this week. Still, my one concern, mentioned it Monday last week, earlier in the week, was how much they struggled still even running the football they have, Trent. against UNLV. Mm-hmm. It was hair on fire just to get Brees Hall to 100. Mm-hmm. Is it offensive line problem? Or is it defense is stacking the box and wanting Brock Purdy to beat him because they know there's no second wide receiver because yeah. Tariq Milton's not stepping up. Uh, Hutchinson's uh, terrific. Shaw's Charlie, hurt. Shaw's hurt. Wilson is meh. Skates is meh. Um, Charlie Kohler's a difference maker uh, at, at the tight end position. Maybe they're just, we're going to shut down Brees Hall. You're going to beat us. you got to yeah. beat us deep. Brock Purdy, you're going to have to throw the football to beat us. So we'll see. Uh, and we'll see. Both games are at the same time this right. I mean, 2.30. So what's your game plan for this? Tape them both and watch a little bit and catch up and watch a little bit. So are you on Twitter during this? No. No. Off of Twitter. Off of Twitter. Yep. you got to get shakes when that's happening. It's really hard. I do. <laughs> I've said the same. You know what I've got? And I, I've got carpal tunnel in my forearms from moving my finger on my iPad. Oh, no. on my, so it was my right arm. I could hardly move my right arm. Yeah. So I want well, just I'll, I'll smart you. I'll use my left arm. Mm-hmm. Now I've got it in my left arm. It's tendonitis or carpal tunnel. It's age, and it sucks. That sounds terrible. It's awful. I'm sitting in there with peas on my arm for hours at a time throughout the day because I scroll too much on on Twitter. But you stay off during when no, both teams. Well, are when both teams are playing at yeah. the same time. I wonder if anybody else gets that. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's got to be an age thing, right? Because it's yeah. just caught up. And it's not like you've been using that for your whole life, right? Well, those muscles. No, well, well, not in that way. No, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it's ten fifteen. We're going to switch gears. Our friend Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, coming up here momentarily. Looking forward to getting into the Ryder Cup with him. I just look. It's a wonderful event. It really is. And I know that I'll watch more than uh, more of the event this weekend than uh, I sit here today. Believe that I will because it's it's football, man. <laughs> It's so, it's, we just, they're so precious, these Saturdays and Sundays, and the Ryder Cup, as good of an event as it is, and again, maybe it's, I don't know, um, I'm, maybe if Canada was playing, I would be into it more. I'm guessing there's a little bit of that involved, uh, as it certainly means a lot. Well, let's get to our friend Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. He wrote a piece, as we talked about when it came out, uh, a really Good long piece on uh, spending some time with Brooks Kepka, kind of a day in the life as I went to his house. And Matt Rudy, uh, uh, Trenton Ken, as always, good to talk to you. I want to talk about your Spartans, too, are really opening some eyes. Uh, they're way better than a lot of folks thought that they were, but let's do golf first and let's start with your piece on Brooks Kepka. Well done, Matt Rudy. You've done some terrific uh, writing over the time that you and I have known each other professionally, uh, but this was a really good piece. I'm guessing you got a lot of feedback from that. I did, and I mean, I, I got to give credit to Brooks. I mean, he's the one who brought the mail. I mean, I, I had to come up with the questions, but um, the, the the challenge with those, and and I think you saw it with some of the reaction, is when the reaction is so strong to a player giving his opinion about things, it, it could have a chilling effect 
for players giving opinions in the future. Great right? point. And the, so, the, so the challenge with any of these is to try to spend enough time and develop enough trust through the process of the interview to get someone to give you their real take. And so um, I, I, I have to give it to Brooks because he not only gave us the time, but he was willing to to share what he thought. And, 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 and he has, I think, more sophisticated takes on things than people might think. You know, mm-hmm. our conversation about the Naomi Osaka yep. documentary and about gamesmanship on the PGA Tour. There, there was a lot of stuff in there I think people uh, weren't anticipating. And, and those are always fun stories to write. So sure. was was he reluctant? I mean, how did it come about? Was he reluctant? Did he have to take a lot of persuasion to sit down with you? Or is he just, yeah, come on over? Well, it took a year to, wow. to get him to agree to do it. And the, he had some injuries, and, and the injury delayed some things because we didn't want to run the piece at a time when he wasn't playing. So the, the, the timing was great because we did it, and he was coming back, and he played – you know, at the PGA and was, was in the final group with Phil. And then the Ryder Cup was coming, and the Ryder Cup stuff that he talked about hit the week before the Ryder Cup. So, so it all kind of came together in a almost like we planned it. <laughs> I, I, I can't say that we did 100%, but it, but it worked out. Speaking of Brooks, the week, the storyline, of course, is him and yeah. DeChambeau, the back and forth. If it was anybody different than one of the nicest guys on tour as the captain here this week with Steve Stricker. Would he just put them together? You know, if say Tiger was the captain this week, he said, you guys figure it out and figure it out on the course. A, a, any chance that can happen? And B, secondly, is there a captain that would actually do something like that, put those guys and play them together? <laughs> well, Hal Sutton put Tiger and Phil together. Right. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any reason. I mean, if Stricker thought that those two games meshed, I think he would put them together, and I think those two would say, "Okay, we'll go do it." Uh, I think the the personality stuff and the comfort stuff is. I, I think that works on a spectrum. There's some players where that stuff matters, and I think you could pair Dustin Johnson with literally anyone on the planet, and he wouldn't care. Right. And, and, and I think those piece those pieces go into it. And um, Scotty Scheffler is, is a is a great guy, and I've I've done a couple pieces with him recently. And, and, you know, him, when he got on the team as the rookie and the captain's choice, his attitude is, you know, I'm here to do whatever the captain tells me to do. And, and so, you know, players like that, I don't think the pairing matters as much. Uh, but, uh, I mean, to your point, this is a TV event and it's a spectacle and it's yeah. a competition and you want to have some spice and you want to have some energy. You want to win, ma- you, you want to do all those things. You want to win matches and, uh, I think that comes down to uh, the, the, the players doing their part. You know, they have to hit the shots for sure, and the captain doing the best to put them in position and then getting out of the way. You know, your piece with with Kepka, he made it very clear that this is just a different event, right? It's everybody's by themselves and for themselves on you know every, with the exception of what is I'm trying to do my math. 103 weeks out of the year, for the most part, every other, every couple of years, the Ryder Cup comes along, and it's a team concept opposed to what they're used to playing. And Kepka, you know, answered the question truthfully and got criticized for doing so. Why do the Euros seeming embrace this concept more than the Americans do, Matt? Well, I would say he got criticized and he also got mischaracterized. You know, he, he didn't say he doesn't like the Ryder Cup and he doesn't want to do it or anything like that. He just said it's harder for him to, to process the team stuff than it is the individual stuff, and I think that's perfectly okay to say. I mean, mm-hmm. there's parts of your job that, 
you love more than other parts, and there's some that you just kind of like, and it, it works all along the, the spectrum there. So um, I, I think people like Paul Azinger are doing exactly what they should do, which is to draw attention to their own television commentary by creating controversy, and that's fine. But um, you know, your question about the European team, I, I think the the way you grow up on the European tour is different than the way you grow up on the PGA tour. You're doing a lot of traveling together. You're doing a lot of mm. eating dinner together. You know, there's, there's, there's more camaraderie built into the, the runway onto the European tour than there is on the American tour. And I think that manifests all the way along because in order to survive on the European tour, there's so many different cultures, so many different languages, players from all different kinds of places that if you, kind of kept your own thing all the time you'd never have any friends you'd never you know you would never eat anywhere different i don't think you could function so i think the format of that tour kind of pushes people more toward being collective and being a a better team the Ryder cup it's a great event but it's a great event during football season now not going to be able to change that just the way that the pga and and the european schedule is but is there a way to shoehorn this in? Maybe go Thursday through Saturday, as opposed to going up against the behemoth that is the NFL on Sunday. Has there been talk? Is there a realistic way to push this thing and make it a little bit different to, to get more eyes on it? I haven't heard any of that. And I think the way people time shift things and, and you can watch things on different devices, you can, you know, there's so many other ways to consume stuff now that um, I think that pressure probably isn't, the same as it might have been 10 years ago. Uh, I, I think this is a, a terrific event. And for all the things we've been talking about and all the reasons why team play is kind of foreign and, and, and weird to American players is what is part of what makes it such a great event because what they're doing is so different than what they do week in and week out. And I don't mean different in, as in better, but it's just I think it's what, what's great for golf. And, and, and I've talked about this on your show for probably – 15 years is, yeah. is that the, the, when you have different personalities, you have heroes, you have villains, you have people to root for, you have different looking swings and, and you have variety. I mean, that's what makes for a, a great sport. It's why college football is popular. You know, it, and, and when there's, when there's different things happening and different players winning and personalities to root for and root against, that's what makes great sport. And that's why the Ryder Cup's fun to watch. Well, speaking of college football popular, not that it wasn't popular in the Rudy household last year, but you're having way more fun this year with Michigan State. Uh, as an alum, they're 3-0, and Nebraska this weekend, a little prime time, 6 o'clock on FS1. Uh, does, what, what's behind the start? Obviously, they got a quarterback and a transfer running back in Walker, who's setting the Big Ten uh, ablaze. Uh, quarterback, running back, and a pretty good defense. It's good to be a Spartan right now. <laughs> it is, and... And I think the, I mean, the Spartans hadn't quite gotten to where Iowa is, where you have a coach, you know, Ference has been there since, you know, I was, you know, a, a teenager. That's what it feels like. But, yeah. you know, the, when you when you have a, a coach that's been there for a long time and has had a lot of success, you know, it's a challenge to figure out what to do next in the next era. And I think what they did well was pick somebody who has a different flavor and, and puts his own stamp on the program. And, 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 and this is not a knock on Antonio, but you, know, you bring more modern processes in, you know, different, different nutrition people. And, you know, all, you know, the, all those processes get an update with a new person in charge. And, and if you pick the right person, then that, that works. Now, I, I live in a house. My wife went to CSU, and, and they just lost to Vanderbilt, and, which is, might be the worst team in Division One football. So 
we have we have mixed feelings about building programs in this house for sure. Uh, back to the Ryder Cup, Matt. Uh, Thirty seconds left. Uh, who will win the event this weekend? <laughs> I've been jousting on Twitter today with people who think that strokes gained is an overrated stat because the Americans never seem to win. But you know, the, the, what strokes gained and what world rankings show you is that you know that, that if you're betting or if you know if you're looking at a long stream of performances these players are better. I think the American team is better. Me too. I think the worse the weather gets and the closer it gets to playing like a European tour event, the more the Europeans are closer to 50-50. So, I mean, right now I think the Americans are going to win. That's my prediction. But I think it's going to be closer than people think. Well, uh, let's find a few minutes on Monday if your schedule allows, probably maybe just before noon Eastern for you. But I'll text you over the weekend to recap what we saw uh, in the three-day event. Thank you, Matt Rudy. Good luck to your Spartans. Enjoy the Ryder Cup, and hopefully we'll talk Monday, okay? Thanks. Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest. Uh, as we get a little preview of the Ryder Cup, so he's all over the yanks. He's going with the favorites. But Trent, don't when you look at when you think back over the years and you look at the rosters of the Euros and the Americans, don't you think the American roster is head and shoulders oh, yeah. better every year, every single right? year? And this year, even feels like that gap is wider, with the exception of John Rahm. Sure, and I know there's some prop bets out there. Does he score the most points this week? Rahm, Those kind yeah, of things, yeah, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Sure. I just would love to see Kepka and DeChambeau yeah. together. Well, did you see them on the driving range yesterday? Yes. The, the piece. And then when they had their conversation, it looked like it was cordial. Mm-hmm. And then the fans realized and they started. <laughs> and, and DeChambeau turns around and right, puts his arms out and then let's go a yeah. little louder. Uh, that was pretty good stuff. Um, we'll, we'll see. Real quick, football all weekend. Mm-hmm. So when we talk to whoever we talk to next week, sports wagering, where does how, how much volume does the Ryder Cup do and handle? Oh. I mean, compared to a Saturday of college football, right. a Sunday of NFL, MLB, two percent. It's going to be small. Well, those props, though, I didn't realize there were, there were props out there oh, yeah. that, like you've been able to find. So maybe that'll intrigue some folks. We shall see. Stephen M. Sipple, speaking of Michigan State, that's who Nebraska plays. We will talk with Sipple next. Recap Oklahoma. Preview the Big Ten tilt. Uh, as Nebraska takes on Michigan State and East Lansing. Miller and Condon, it's 1460 KXNO. Zero res clean. It's time for SIP. (laughs) Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal-Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers. And you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. Well, let's get right to it. He's Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. Huskers head to East Lansing to take on Sparty this weekend. Before we get to that, well, first of all, welcome our friend Stephen M. Sipple. But let's look back to the Oklahoma-Nebraska game from over the weekend. Sip, I really enjoyed the football game. I I did. I was glad that it was close. It was you know, kind of uh, um, the outcome had yet to be decided late in the football game. I'll tell you where I was really, where I want to start with is early in the football game. Man, oh man, that offensive line doing everything they possibly could. To stop drives, to, you know, get, to make it impossible to pick up a first down. They didn't do them any favors early with all of those penalties. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, on the first, I mean, 
before they started the first drive, they had two false starts. So that's no way to that's no way to start the game. By the end of the game, all five linemen had a false start. Um, so yeah, it's, or all five linemen were penalized for sure. Four had false starts. I think maybe all of them did. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, it was rough. But yeah, I figured you'd like that game. You're an old soul, and it was good yeah. to see those. Uh, uniforms back out there together and it was it was a great scene man it was i'll tell you it was intense i i forgot what it's like to be around i didn't forget because i've been to ohio state i didn't completely forget but man it's intense i mean it's the third ranked team in the country and at eight o'clock in the morning that place is intense Running game, need more weapons. It can't just be Martinez back there trying to do it all. We've seen the ascension right now of number 14, Ramir Johnson. What you've seen out of him and just that running back group as a whole, they need to find some playmakers, it feels like. Yeah, hey, Trent, they do it running back. But I think, now, what I would say is that at receiver and tight end, you saw Nebraska nearly at full capacity or with their full complement is a better way to put it mm-hmm. of receivers and tight ends. Travis Vokalek came back at tight end. So they have in about 50% of the time, or maybe a little bit more, they're in two tight end sets with Allen. six foot nine, 255 pound um, Austin Allen and six foot six, 260 pound <laughs> Travis Vokalek. And then, you know, you had Xavier Betts, Nomar Manning and Samari Ture. Now you're going to get back Oliver Martin. Listen, this is as good a, receiving slash tied in course Nebraska's had under Frost. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. What they also need is their kicker, Culp, who was so good last year, uh, to look like that kicker from last year. Sip, you can't leave points on the field. He missed a couple I th- that clearly he's capable of making. But man, oh man, when you look at it in the big picture thing, that, that those were two big misses. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. He's three for eight on field goals, and he's Jeez. missed two extra points this season. Yeah, he's missed five of his last six field goal tries. So, yeah, <laughs> trust me, that's a hot topic around here. I I don't. I think he'll be the kicker um, in East Lansing. I don't think Nebraska has a backup. That's just, I mean, I, I know uh, it sounds funny to say. I don't think it, Nebraska has a backup that's as good as him. Um, he's, in a, he's, you know, he's like a golfer that has the yips, uh-huh. I think. I um, I believe that he can pull out of it. Uh, I think he'll get a chance to, and we'll just see where it goes. I mean, I, if he lines up for a 30, yeah, okay, let's put it this way. I don't want to go too far down the road of he's just a mess because he missed two field goals against Oklahoma. 30-somethings. Well, no, no, one was a 50. Um, well, he made the 50, a, didn't he? No, he made a 51. Okay. Yeah, missed a 50, and then the bad one was he missed a 35. He duck-hooked a 35-yarder. Okay. And that was – and Frost didn't like his reaction to it, so they brought in a guy to kick an extra point, and it got blocked. Right. And <laughs> um, returned. So, yeah, and returned for yeah. two, yeah. So, it, so you know, Nebraska fans obviously frustrated. They can't even enjoy a touchdown. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's sort of a – Jesus. Uh, uh, they're, they're they're pretty close though, as you saw. I'm sure yep. you guys saw. They're they're not a bad team. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that defense, and that's yeah. why I like them to be bowl eligible coming into the year because I thought they had enough there. And offense continues to make strides. Sip from there. There are no no moral victories. Certainly, what a program mm-hmm. of 
Nebraska stature, but felt like a moral victory. It really did. Ken, you're saying all summer they're going to get beat by five touchdowns, and here they were into that football game. With Nebraska, what they've been now over the last few years, it does feel like a moral victory. Is it fair to say, even though, yes, ultimately there are no moral victories? Uh, I mean, I would I would probably agree with you a little bit more if Nebraska wasn't losing so many close games. Under mm-hmm. Frost now, the number now is 5-13 and 13 in games decided by seven points or fewer. And the fan base is tired of it. And here's the, the, the more importantly, the players are expressing a lot of frustration with it. They don't want two guys this week that I heard, Garrett Nelson, starting outside linebacker, and Dante, Deontay Williams, an excellent senior safety. I mean, just an excellent player. Man, he is. Deontay was just expressed utter frustration. He doesn't want to hear it anymore. He just. He said, I'm, I'm, we're sick of this being close. Hmm. It's got to turn. And Garrett Nelson said the same thing. He said that, you know, when a coach goes up in front of the team and holds his pointing finger close to his thumb and says, we're this close, he just, he, I mean, he just doesn't want to see it. He said it just frankly pisses him off. <laughs> so, I, now, there's a, that's good. That's a good. That sounds good, except if it, if it keeps happening – then you worry a little bit about the players beginning to lose trust in the process and lose trust in the staff. So there's a fine line there. Simple from a from a Iowa State perspective, because Oklahoma is still the team with the target on its back in the Big Twelve. I think that collectively, college football fans thought, you know what, this Oklahoma team might not be as much of a cinch to win their conference as a lot of folks did. Uh, last week we talked about I've still not sold on Rattler. I think that you were still in the, well, the jury's still out with you as well. When you saw Rat- Rattler, when you saw the Sooners, do they look like they are, you know, elite, if you will? Oh, not, and they don't look like they're in that Georgia-Alabama uh, category. They don't, No, they don't. I And here's what, why. A couple reasons. They don't have a C.D. Lamb out there at receiver. Right. You know, they didn't. They didn't hurt Nebraska with big plays. Their longest play was 23 yards, and that that's a big victory for Nebraska. That's why that's one of the reasons they were in that game till, right till the end. Rattler is, I mean, he's good. He's he's pretty precise, but no, he he was about what I he was kind of about what I expected. He threw for 214 yards. I mean, you take that. I mean, yeah. if you're a Nebraska defender, a Nebraska fan, 214, one touchdown. I mean, that's not. That's not great. He's a uh, he's a savvy kid. If but I I don't know. I don't. I mean that projection of the first pick overall. Right. I don't see how that could hold up. I, I'm with you. Thirty seconds left, Sip. Uh, Trent still got this team uh, as postseason eligible. I think that this is a massive game. Got to win tonight or this or, week, don't you think? Um, do you feel that way, Sip? That they have to beat Michigan State. Then here comes Northwestern. Michigan's better. Got to go to Minnesota. This is an important game in thirty seconds, Sip. Yeah, I just wrote a column. That I think the headline is why this is the most important game of the Frost era. If you lose the game, real simply, I mean, let's just start it with this or finish it with this. If if they lose the game and go zero and two in the Big Ten, they're effectively out of the West Division race. Mm-hmm. I mean, with with or at least with no wiggle room and a daunting schedule ahead. What do you? How do you motivate your players? That's something. And then the 
it's all about getting to a bowl, and that road that road gets really rocky if you don't win this game. Indeed it does. Sip and Joy East Lansing. We'll speak with you next week. Thank you, Stephen M. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good to Take talk care. to you, Stephen M. Sip, Lincoln Journal star. Uh, good stuff out of Sip. Again, if you missed it earlier, you can go to the Miller & Condon Twitter page, at Miller & Condon. We're giving away tickets to Colorado State. Here's the... Uh, parameters, I guess, of the contest. It's closest without going over. Total score, both teams tonight, Thursday night football, Houston, Carolina. Uh, you must use the hashtag Fuller Dental. And whoever, if there's more than, if it's 37. If there's more than 137, the first 37 will win the tickets. So scroll through the timeline, pick your number that hasn't been chosen yet. And if you get it right or closest without going over, you'll win two tickets to Colorado State. You must use hashtag Fuller Dental. Miller and Condon with Lee Sterling next. 1460 KXNO. 106. best off. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Time to bring aboard our friend Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He's got a handful of games he's going to opine on. What, there's four college, one pro, and then the game of the week, which we'll get to at the end. Lee, Trenton, Ken, kind of a difficult week last week, but we bounce back and we move forward. Um, Just uh, on the surface... Your your thoughts on the slate of games this week? Did you struggle to you know to pinpoint some good opportunities, or did they just jump off the uh, the page? Uh, I I think this week is much much easier. So good. the more I see teams, the more I feel you know I I can you know figure them out because most teams, especially in college football, uh, when they're playing three games, really one is only against comp, you know decent competition. So each team is pretty much played. Uh, a respectable school, so now I think uh, my numbers are going to be pretty sharp. Let's kick things off when go to the Big 12 as conference play gets started for Kansas State against Oklahoma State. Cowboys, big number here, favored by just shy of a touchdown at 6. Yeah, and I thought a lot of people were also surprised both teams are 3-0. and uh, Oklahoma State has not looked great, but at least they finally got a running game. First two games, 54 and 140 yards they put up 246 last week's games against Boise. But Boise, just not a whole lot of talent on these Boise teams of late. Their recruiting hasn't been very good. No passing for Oklahoma State. I mean, 101st in passing in the country, 106th in yards per play. Spencer Sandler's, Sanders here, he's not much of a difference maker here. I think Kansas State uh, owes the advantage here on the line of scrimmage. They did it against uh, the Nevada Wolfpack last week, and they're eight and two against the spread in the series, and on a ten and four run on the road here. I think the points are too much. I think Oklahoma State might pull out the game twenty six twenty three, but I'm taking the six six and a half. I, I said to Trent during the break, I think we're going to get a wrong team is favored right out of the bat, off the bat with you in this one. Uh, but we're both at least we feel like K State is yep. the side. Uh, let's go to the big. Well, it's not a Big Ten game. It is a, a game on a neutral field, Soldier Field, Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Uh, whiskey favored five and a half. So Jack Cohen's got to be excited. Yeah, I'll say he doesn't have to go back to Wisconsin and Madison and play. In the stadium where he was the starting quarterback for the Badgers two years ago, he's been good. I mean, he's not the reason that they've struggled. I mean, uh, uh, over 800 passing yards in three games, 63% completion percentage, eight touchdowns, just two interceptions. It's the offensive line. They lost four or five starters. They just don't look the same. They can't run the ball. In fact, 
just 2.9 yards per carry. That's 115th in the country, and it's not like they've played top-flight competition yet also. So Wisconsin, they should have been up probably 17 nothing in that game against Penn State uh, at halftime, but just could not put up points here. But they do at least one thing well. And Notre Dame, even their defense hasn't been good. Notre Dame, 73rd versus the run on defense, 81st versus the pass. Wisconsin's offense isn't great, but their defense, led by Jim Leinard, their defensive coordinator, former NFL player, two weeks to prepare for this game. He's the number two defense. The last two years, fifth and fourth uh, in the country in, in the total defense here. And Notre Dame, they're 3-0, and but numbers – if they aren't good, eventually they're going to catch up on you. And how about this with Notre Dame? They even got lucky last week against Purdue. Starting quarterback Jack Plummer got knocked out in the second half, as did their star receiver David Bell, left the game with injury. Uh, I like Wisconsin here, 27-16. Laying it with the Badgers. Let's yep. go to Kinnick Stadium. Final tune-up for the Hawks before Big Ten play gets started again. Favored by 23 against Colorado State. Yeah, good way to describe Colorado State, a tune-up. So, used to have some strong teams, but they've been hitting the transfer portal. A lot of guys from Boston College um, and and also Temple. They, they're, they're starting quarterback as a Temple backup, uh, Todd Centio. So, he's nothing special. He's not going to scare anyone. They throw to their tight end, who will be an NFL player, Trey McBride. The guy already has 30 catches. He's like 6'4 and a half, 265, uh, really tough to – to guard, but other than that, there's not too much. In fact, against Toledo, they scored their only touchdown on a punt return and five field goals here. Hawkeyes, they take care of non-conference competition here, uh, seven and two against the spread, and not much of a traveler as is Colorado State, three and nine against the spread as a road underdog. Hawkeyes, big, thirty-eight-seven. Iowa State, meanwhile, heads to Waco to take on the Bears of Baylor. The Clones are a seven-point favorite. Yeah, and, and I'm not a big believer in Baylor. They played no one. I mean, they're running the ball, but against three pushovers here. So this Iowa State defense last year, number four in the country, hasn't been as good this year, but uh, they returned six or seven starters, so I expect things to really get going now. I think they started putting together last week, even though they were playing UNLV. But they held Baylor last year to 71 rushing yards on 27 carries, just 26 yards per carry. I think Brock Purdy's confidence is back after that 21 for 24 outing here in the Cyclones. How about this? On an 18 and 8 spread run here on the road. I like Iowa State. 31-21. We finish with the NFL Game 5. The Chiefs coming off the loss, laying 6.5 at home against the Chargers. Yeah, and, and the Chargers should have won the game. I, I, horrible officiating. Uh, cost them the game. A couple touchdowns called back and... Um, I think they're on the verge of something big. New offensive coordinator, and I think they're due for a big breakout game. So Kansas City's defense doesn't impress me. And how do you stop Kansas City's offense? You rush four. You've got to have someone that can cover the tight end. That's what the Chargers have. They have a head coach now, Brandon Staley. He was with the Rams last year. Um, the blueprint, they're going to follow that Tampa Bay Super Bowl blueprint. Rush four guys, Joey Bosa and his mates getting after him. And they have maybe the best strong safety in the entire NFL in Derwin James. Big, strong, fast. He just has happened to miss the last two years pretty much because of injuries. So uh, great road team, 16-7-2 are the Chargers here. The wrong team is favored. Wow. The Chargers Whoa. outright 34-30. 
over the chefs. Well, watch that injury report as Bosa and James, I think, both missed practice yesterday. But your yep. game of the week, oh. and we've talked a bunch about it earlier on the show, Michigan State is a five-point favorite as they host Nebraska. If the listeners want more information on this game, how do they reach out, Lee? Just call me, 800-400-9741. I saw them in person against Miami. think I got a good beat on them. Uh, do they keep rolling? Or, you know, maybe are they a little little, you know, high on the hog after the big win against Miami in Miami. So you want to get that game, 800-400-9741. And most popular promotion all year, it's always the Baker's Dozen. 13 games, just $97 this weekend. And if you come aboard, I'm also going to give you my UFC card, seven fights, including a 50-unit max wager, 20 plays, $97 ParamountSports.com. Good stuff, Lee Sterling. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Thank you. Sounds good. Good to talk to you, Lee Sterling. ParamountSports.com. Randy Peterson on the Clones kicks off Hour 2 next.